chapter 5. Beginning with verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Justification. We're going to find out what that brings to our life. The blessing of justification or a right relationship with God. The peace of God. Peace. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. Therefore, because of everything that he has just said in the previous chapters, he says, therefore being justified, and that simply means to be in right relationship with God. Because we are in a right relationship with God by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that right relationship we have with God brings peace to our life. If you don't have a right relationship, you don't have peace. Right relationship with God. It's the only thing that brings a peace to your life. By whom, verse 2, also we have access by faith into this grace. So we have an introduction by faith into this grace. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Which means when you have peace doesn't mean that that's the absence of trouble. Or the absence of conflict. Or tribulation or pressure. Because the Bible says we have this peace. And we have this introduction by faith into this grace. We stand in that. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. How many of y'all glory in your, your pressure? Glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that. Tribulation worketh endurance or, or perseverance. Okay? Endurance or perseverance. King James says patience. And patience, experience. Say with me, experience. And experience, hope. Now this experience we're talking about is this a purification of metals. So there's a purification that takes place by tribulation. And then he talks about hope. And hope is not like most people think it is. Well, I just hope I make it. You know what I'm talking about? This sort of passive, fatalistic mentality. What will be, will be. And, you know, whatever fate brings me, I just accept and I just hope that I survive it. That's not the kind of hope the Bible talks about. It talks about an expected, confident assurance that everything's going to be all right. Do you understand? It's not the fatalistic type thing. Well, I just hope everything works out all right. I doubt it, but I hope. <laughs> no, no. It's a confident, assured expectation. That's what we're talking about. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. 
So God just pours his love into us by his spirit. When you got filled with the Holy Ghost, God filled you with his love. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more, and that's a statement that is repeated in Romans 5 over and over, much more, much more, much more, much more, much more. We have much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. See, God was at war with me. We were at war with God. We were at war with ourselves. We were at war with each other. We were at war with our past, our present, and our future until God stepped in. And by justification, the war is over. All right? Now, I'll explain that to you in just a minute. But it says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him or the war that was against us. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your awesome spirit, number one, that we're in a right relationship with you, O God, and that relationship produces peace in our life. We thank you for the grace, God, that we have been introduced into, God, by faith. We ask, God, it should minister to the lives of your people today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. When you became born again, you became right with God and a right relationship with God, and peace flooded your life. In the Old Testament, peace is talked about by the prophets over and over in connection to the kingdom of God. That when the Messiah would come and set up his kingdom, that there would be a characteristics of that kingdom, and that would be peace. If you look at Romans 14, the Bible says in verse 17, in connection to the kingdom of God. This was what everybody was looking for. The prophets were looking for it. The peace of God that would come by the kingdom of God. Now, when I talk about the kingdom of God, I'm not just talking about some future time. I'm talking about the age in which you live right now. It's an age in the spirit. It's a new age that has come into the old age. The old age is full of strife. The old age is full of war. You with me here? But in the new age, the kingdom of God that has come in with, the, with Jesus, what that age has brought is peace. All around us, there is war because you are in the midst of the old world. See, you're in the new age in Jesus. You're in the kingdom of God in Jesus. So what should be reigning in your life is peace. My trouble should not be sitting on the throne. The peace of God should be sitting on the throne. If the peace of God is not sitting on the throne of my life, and I'm not saying that you're not going to have trouble, that 
he explains that to us. You're going to have tribulation, but the tribulation is not going to reign. The problem is not going to reign. The trouble is not going to reign, but peace should reign in your life. You should have peace concerning your past, peace concerning the present, and peace concerning the future. If you don't have this peace we're talking about, then you need to check your life. Okay? Because that is the characteristics of the kingdom of God when He comes, when Jesus came, was to bring peace to life. In Isaiah, Romans 14, let me read this to you, verse 17 first. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. The kingdom of God, the reign of God. Is not meat and drink, but righteousness, right standing with the Lord. That is the heart cry of all men and women. How can I be right with God Almighty? If you're right with God, then there should be peace in your life. If you're not right with God, then war. There is no peace in your life if you don't have a right relationship with God. It's impossible to have peace without a right relationship. So he says the kingdom of God or the reign of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness or a right relationship and peace. So when you have a right relationship, that produces the peace of God and joy. Say joy in the Holy Ghost. So in the midst of all the tribulation and all the difficulties that surround you in that old age, your life is controlled and what reigns in your life is peace and joy. That's why all kinds of problems and troubles can be taking place around you, but there's something deep-seated inside of you that is not disturbed by that. All right? Because why? We're in a totally different realm. We're in a totally different kingdom. We're in, we're in the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom of God. So we've got righteousness and peace and joy, and it's located where? In the Holy Ghost. It's not located in a geographical place. See, a lot of people think, well, if I can just geographically relocate, then I'll get happy. Or I'll find peace. Or I'll find rest. Peace and happiness and rest does not come with a geographical location. It comes with a spiritual relationship. In fact, heaven is not just a geographical location. Heaven is where you're sitting right now. In the spirit. Are you here? And I got a question for you. Is there sin in heaven? No sin in heaven, right? Is there war in heaven? Yeah, but against the enemies that oppose the peace of God. God will fight and be at war with anything that opposes that peace of his kingdom. Okay? So I should be experiencing in this life what heaven is like. Because I'm in heavenly places we're at. In Christ Jesus. Are you with me? So heaven is located where? In Jesus. So if you're in Jesus, then in a sense you are in heaven, spiritually speaking. So your life is totally different from everybody else that lives out in the world that's out of a relationship with God. It is a life that has peace and joy in it. It has because a right relationship with God has taken place. And that is what everybody's looking for. They're looking for peace. The only way that the individual can find peace is by a relationship with God. 
The only way a nation can find peace is to have a relationship with God. The only way the world can have peace is by having a relationship with God. And because there's not a relationship with God in the nation and individuals and worldwide, you have war and uh, catastrophe. Everything is going crazy. Full of chaos. Because it's not in harmony with God. If your life is not in harmony with God, you are a miserable wretch this morning. You are so miserable, you don't know what to do with your life. You don't know what to do with yourself. You don't know what to do with your family. You don't know what to do with your world. You don't know what to do with your nation. You are miserable. And if you're miserable, then you're not operating in the kingdom. Now, watch this. Let's go to Isaiah 2. So the kingdom of God, when it comes, this new age that Jesus brought in, the kingdom of God, then it's going to have these characteristics. And in Isaiah chapter 2, it tells us when the kingdom of God is set up, that there will be this peace so that people will literally take their swords and turn them into pruning hooks. Let me get you the verse here. Isaiah 2. Let's start with verse 1. The word... That Isaiah, now this is again the focus of the prophets, that when God comes and sets up his kingdom, that this peace is going to be in the earth. Now in the future, there's going to be a thousand year kingdom age when the Lord reigns upon the earth. And there's going to be peace throughout the world, right? But we don't have to wait till then to get this peace. Because in the spirit, the kingdom of God is already here. In the spirit, the new age is already here. In the spirit, the kingdom age is already here with peace and joy and righteousness. Okay, watch. Isaiah 2.1. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the last days. Now, we are in the last days. When the prophets prophesied about the last days, they were prophesying about the day you're living in right now. Because the last days in their mind was the completion of the law. When the new age has come in through Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, the old age ended. You understand? We're now in the new age right now. So when they talked about last days, twofold. The day you're living in and then the ultimate kingdom age. You see what I'm saying? So I'm already in the last days. I'm in the the time that Isaiah is talking about here. It shall come to pass the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. And shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Have you ever seen a river flow uphill? See when God sets up his kingdom it goes contrary to everything around you. You're in a total different house. You're in a total different kingdom. You're in a total different age. You're in a total different world. Do you understand? When you come into God's kingdom. So that everything in the kingdom of God goes contrary to nature. When you should be depressed, discouraged, and miserable, if you're in a right relationship with God, you walk around and you've got joy and peace and everybody's saying, what's wrong with you? If I had all this, if I had all your problems, if I had all your troubles, I would be miserable. Why can you smile? How come you've got peace? How come you've got joy? But you know why? Because I'm in a different kingdom. I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm in the kingdom of heaven. Right now, I'm not waiting to get there. So right now, 
my life is a contradiction. My life contradicts this world. It does not make sense to have all kinds of tribulation in your life and at the same time have the peace of God and the joy. But this kingdom in the last days goes contrary to nature so that it even flows uphill. I've never seen a river flow uphill. Normally rivers flow downhill. You with me? Natural laws say you got to, you know, the river's going to flow with gravity downhill. But this one is flowing uphill and it's not a natural river, but it's a flow of people. And these people are flowing contrary to nature. They are flowing uphill into the kingdom of God. God's high mountain and the nations are flowing upstream uphill into that kingdom on Mount Zion and when they get there you know what Mount Zion is not the kingdom of God the presence of the Lord that's really what Mount Zion is is the presence of the Lord so when you come on you go contrary to nature everything's a contradiction maybe emotionally the circumstances and the situation but when you start walking in the spirit, you start moving into the presence of the Lord. And when you get in his presence, what happens? Have you ever come to church and you're all down, discouraged? You know, you had a fight on the way to the house of the Lord. Maybe you got a ticket on the way. You know, all kinds of problems and troubles are in your life. And you're just as miserable as you can possibly be. But before that service is over, you're full of joy. You're full of peace. You're full of victory. You're full of power. You know why? Because you went contrary to everything that has happened to you. And your life is a contradiction. Why? Because you got in the presence of the Lord. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy where? In the Holy Ghost. In the presence of the Lord. So what we've got to do is we've got to run to God. And go uphill sometimes. We've got to, you know, my feelings. Hmm, my emotions, not where they need to be. I'm going uphill. If I don't, you know, let me explain something to you about peace. Peace is something, it's a commodity. You either take it up or you leave it. Jesus said this, my peace I give to you. You with me? Not as the world gives, give I thee. He said the peace I give you, no man can take away from you. So if he gives it to you, then you've got to take it. Do you understand? You've got to take it by faith. The Bible talks about going into the, to a house and if the son of peace is in that house, leave your peace there. So Jesus gave his peace. You can leave your peace. Come on. You can take up your peace. It's a decision, not an emotion. So when you get up in the morning because you're in the kingdom of God, you're going to flow Contrary to everything that's coming against you. Uh, contrary to all the circumstances and all the problems. You know why? You're going to flow opposite to that? 
Because this, that morning when you got up, you, you combed your hair. You said, okay, I got my hair combed. Uh, I got to get my coat, you know, whatever. Got to yeah, get my shoes on. I got to get my purse. Got to take my purse with me. Got to take my keys with me. Oh, I got to take my kids too. I can't forget them. So, you're, you know, you're, you're getting everything together, right? The beginning of your day. And you know what you've got to take with you when you go. The one thing, though, you have forgot to take it, have forgotten to take a lot of times is peace. Because peace is a commodity. You've got to say, when you leave, I'm taking my peace today. I'm not going to let this get the best of me. I'm not going to let this situation get the best of me. I'm not going to let this problem get the best of me. I'm not going to let this circumstance get the best of me. I'm going to flow contrary to all of that because I have chosen to take peace. It is a decision of your will. It is not an emotion that you have. And yes, it does affect you emotionally. But you know what I'm talking about? You have to determine, I'm going to take it peace right now. Boy, I feel like right now I'm just going to go to pieces, but I'm going to take my peace. Everything's in disarray. Everything's in disorder. Everything's falling apart. Nothing's going right. But I choose to walk in calm, cool, collected peace. I choose to rest right now, man. I mean, the storms are all around me. But I take my peace right now. And that's life. Life is full of pressure. Life is full of difficulty. But just like you pick up your purse or you put your wallet in your pocket... Every day before you leave, you get the keys of your car. I got to get my keys. That is what you have to do with your life. You've got to take peace because peace is a commodity. You can leave it or you can take it. It is a decision of your will. Why? Because the peace of God is already here. It's located in the kingdom of God. It's not something that's going to come in the future. Peace is here right now. So if peace is already here right now, if I don't have it, that means I didn't take it. So you got to make up your mind right now. I'm going to flow contrary to nature. I'm going to move up in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to take my peace because it's already here. I don't have to wait for it. So this morning, if you've got all kinds of conflict, you know what you do? If you've got the Holy Ghost, if you've got the Spirit of the Lord inside of you, it is not a physical relocation that you need. It is getting in the presence of the Lord and taking the peace of God, which is already available to you. It's something you choose to walk in. You choose it. See, we think, well, yeah, that thing got my peace. It wouldn't have got your peace if you, did, if you wouldn't have let it. That situation wouldn't got the best of you if you wouldn't have let it. But you need to understand, you've got to take your peace. Choose it. You with me? Somebody looking you in the face and they're just laying into you and letting you have it. And, and you can choose to get back into that. You can go to war with them. You can punch back. You can fight back. Why? Why did you fight back? Why did you punch back? Because you chose to respond that way. But when somebody is laying into you, man, and just letting you have it, you can, you know what? Just gather it up and say, I am not going there. (laughs) That's where they are, but that's not where I'm going. 
You can sit there and you can rail and you can fight. Come on, you try to start something. But I'm not going there. I'm just going to look at you and I'm going to smile. And that will drive the people that have launched on you crazy. Because they want to fight, man. They want a war. Are you here with me today? But don't go there. Just say, I think right now, excuse me. When they're over there just going, you know, like that. You know, just giving you the what for. Cussing you out, pointing fingers. Just, just turn and say, wait just a minute. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. And just go over there and, and act like you're picking up your piece. It'll freak them out. They, 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 they know you're crazy anyway because you go contrary to nature. You live totally different than the way you used to live. You respond totally different now than the way you used to respond. Why? Because you're full of the Holy Ghost. So you go over there and, and you just pick up something, you know, this invisible piece. And you walk back over in that situation and you just sit down and you just look at them and you just smile at them. And they're over there, they're about ready to have a heart attack, you know. Their blood pressure's rising, boy. Come on. And you're just sitting over there in the peace. How can you act like that? See, they, then they're going to try to stir you up, try to get you to fight with them. <laughs> well, how can you look at them like that and respond that way? It's because you're in the kingdom of God and you have chosen to take peace as a commodity. Now, have I always, come on, if we were to be honest with you, not everybody, and including myself, have, have always responded that way. But I'm telling you the way we should respond. And yes, there's a time for righteous indignation because God brings a sword and not peace against anything that would violate his kingdom or oppose his kingdom or oppose his will so God is at war all the time against sin so we have to be at war against what he's at war with Matthew 10 says he said I didn't come to bring peace but a sword what does that mean he said I'm going to take peace from your earth why is he going to take peace from your earth so you can get your relationship right with him but if your relationship is right with him, then all you got to do is just take the peace that's already available to you and walk in that and live in that. Your finances are a mess, but you know what? I'm not going to get all worried about all that. It is a sin for me to worry according to the word of God. It is a sin for me to lay around, sit around, and all the time worry about everything, worry about my finances, worry about all the time worrying. That is a sin. You know why worry is a sin? Because it's, a, it's not walking in faith. You have put your confidence and your faith in the problem. And that's why you're worrying about it. But God doesn't want you to walk around worrying all the time. You can't add one inch to your height. You can't change the color of your hair by sitting around worrying about all this stuff. Just, okay, yeah, I know it's there. And I know it's a reality. And I know it's tribulation. But you know what? I'm going to take my peace in there. And when you walk into a house, and if there's a son of peace there, leave your peace with them. If you leave peace in somebody's house, and they're not sons of peace, they will pervert the peace. So you, there's certain places you can't leave your peace. Come on, are you here today? Because they don't know what to do with peace because they're not sons of peace. 
But I'm telling you, you can take up your peace or you can leave your peace. It's like a commodity. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is a choice. It is not an emotion. Because tribulation comes. Pressure comes. Problem comes. But I'm in a new age. And I'm flowing up here, uphill, contrary to nature, in the spirit and the power of God. And as a result of that, he goes on and he says, And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. There's going to be a lot of people say, now come on up here with me. Let's get up here. Let's live on, live on a higher level. Come on. We don't have to live like we used to live. God doesn't want us to live like we used to live. God has called us to live on a higher level. In his kingdom where peace and joy and righteousness reign supreme. Not my trouble. Today some of you have come in here and your trouble is reigning in your life. That's all you can think about is your problem. That is the mountain in your life. But God says his mountain is going to be higher than all of them. And if you can just somehow get into that high place. That higher place. The highest place. And walk in the spirit. We don't have to live like we used to live. Listen to me right now. We don't have to live like we're living. I said we don't have to live like we're living. If we're living with strife and worry and all that stuff. We don't have to live that way. God has called us to a high mountain in the spirit. He came to fill you individually with peace. He came to fill your home with peace. He came to fill the nation with peace. He came to fill the world with peace. But if it's contrary to God if it's not in relationship with God you're not going to have it that's why there's so much so many problems in the world today is because people are not in right relationship with God that's why there's so much war now watch this he keeps saying this that this man is prophesying here and many people shall go and say come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob Come on up here in this higher plane of living. Come on. You don't have to be at war with yourself anymore. You don't have to hate yourself anymore. See, I made a statement a few weeks ago. Some of y'all looked at me and said, I don't, I don't believe that. I said, everybody in here hates yourself. Everybody, including, including me, it, we hate ourselves. Why, why are we at war with ourselves? Why were we at war with our neighbor? Why are we at war in our family? Why are we at war at times in the church? Why? Well, let me address the first one. Why are you at war with yourself? Because guilt. Because you're guilty. All right, you understand? That guilt is produced because of sin. And if you walk in life and you've got sin in your life, then that produces guilt. And that guilt causes you to hate yourself. But in the kingdom of God, because your sin has been dealt with, you no longer have to walk around hating yourself because the guilt has been taken care of. The sin has been taken care of. So I don't have to hate myself anymore. Jesus loves me. I don't have to be at, at war with myself anymore because God has taken care of the guilt in my life. War with ourselves. We were at war. Let me put it this way. In the past phrase, if we're at war with ourselves right now, 
is something we're not in proper alignment. Give God some praise. At war with ourselves because of the guilt that we live, that we're in at times. Are you hearing me? And then at times, in times past, the wrath of God was against us because the wrath of God is something that is set against sin. It's automatic. In, in my life right now, if I allow sin to come in my life, my peace goes. You know why my peace goes? Because God's wrath is set automatically against that sin. It takes peace. Come on. It's what removes the peace. So at times we are at war with God because we're not submitted to His will. We're not walking in obedience to God. And if we're not walking in obedience to God and submitted to His will, we're at war. Our God is at war with us. You with me? Against that sin. You take care of that. You deal with that. You repent of that. You put it under the blood. You turn from that. And all of a sudden, the peace of God fills you. When you start moving in the will of the Lord, you're going to be amazed how full of joy you are. How full of peace you are. Why why don't I have peace? Well, you know, again, guilt brings self-hatred. Come on. We are self-destructive by nature. Every one of us, not just some of us, every one of us are self-destructive. You know why? Because we know we deserve death. We have that guilt. It witnesses against us. We know we have failed. We know we have come short. And because of that, we hate ourselves. And so we've got to deal with this. And the only way to deal with it is submit yourself to the will of God. Walk in obedience. His spirit will come and bring peace fulfillment because I know I'm in the will of God I've got peace now so God's not at war with me anymore because he's taking care of the sin problem but if I let sin come in it's automatic Uh, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about that's when God brings the sword okay so this war we're talking about then comes as a result of people being at war with God and God being at war with the sin in their life. And then the guilt that they have in their life brings this war and self-hatred. Now, some of you don't know, you know, you're out there in la-la land. <laughs> but when you really start walking with God, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm trying to get across to you today? But there comes a time, the Bible says, when these people actually get in the presence of the Lord and they're going up and they're receiving the commandment of the Lord. God, they're walking in the presence of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is there and they're walking in the will of God. And because of that, they have peace in their life. Joy in their life. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, these people will say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways and we will walk in his paths come on for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem come on and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people they shall beat their swords into plowshares see that the implement of war has now become the implement of reproduction. The implement of war 
now becomes the implement of the harvest. Watch. You get it? So, yeah, this is good. They're going to beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Well, it's evident right now that in the, in the natural world, there is war and there is strife and there is the sword. But the Bible talks about the people who are in the kingdom of God have taken their swords, come on, their natural swords, and they have turned them into implements of harvest. What is he trying to tell you? There's peace in that person's life. Peace in that person's life. Now what you've got to remember that all around you is the clanging of the swords. All around you out in that old age. There is war. There's fighting. There's sin. God is at war with the world. God, come on. He's at war with the sin in this world. Come on somebody. God is at war with all that. And there is a clanging of the swords. And, and men are at war with each other. And men are at war with, e- with themselves. Because they're not in a right relationship with God. And all of that is around us. We are in the middle of the old age. But in the spirit we can walk in peace and joy and yes it is a spiritual fight but I'm not I'm trying to get you to shift in your thinking the war that goes on is because this world is out of relationship with God hello in the future kingdom peace is going to reign there's not going to be any war in the ultimate kingdom age. Come on. They're not going to be fighting wars in that thousand year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. The characteristic is going to be peace in that place. But in the spirit, we experience it now. Being surrounded at the same time with all the clinging of the swords in the old world outside of us. Because that old age is not in the will of God. Do you understand? So you read these prophets and they understand the characteristic of the kingdom. And Romans 14 says the kingdom is located in the spirit. The characteristics of it is peace. Peace. Come on somebody. This same prophet Isaiah talks about a a time now and a time in the future. That the lamb will lay down with the lion. That natural world, the lamb will da- lay down with the lion. Children will play with the asp. They will play with serpents because the serpents have forgot to use their poison. Do you understand? When you get in the spirit right now, the lion will lay down with the lamb. When you get in the spirit right now, you will learn how to play with serpents they have forgot. Let me just say it this way. Not only have they forgot how to use their poison, you have. Because Romans, we talked about already, one of the characteristics of a person being out of relationship with God is their mouth is full of poison. And bitterness and murder, come on. But when you come into the kingdom of God, you have forgot how to use the poison. You don't use the poison anymore. And so this is the characteristics. They will take their swords, the Bible says, and beat them into plowshares. And their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. 
And yes, that's the ultimate kingdom. But I'm talking about right in the spirit right now. This is located in the spirit. Getting it? You understand it? That's what everybody's after. They're after peace. They're after rest. They're looking for the answer. And it's only in Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 34. Let me show you. Ezekiel chapter 34. The Bible talks about how God's sheep have been scattered. They're just, they're scattered everywhere. But when the Lord comes, and I'm telling you, He has already come and He will come again. And I'm trying to get you to think right now. See, we always think about what shall be. What it's going to be in the by and by. What it's going to be like in the future. But God wants you to see now. What is a reality now in the spirit? Peace is a reality now. Joy is a reality now. Relationship with God, that's a reality right now. I don't have to wait to die and go to heaven. <laughs> it's a reality now. We got to see it now. You with me? So uh, let me just throw this in. A lot of people today go around dreaming all the time about the future. You know about what they're going to do in the kingdom of God in the future. They have great dreams and great visions and great, you know, grandeur of what they will be. And you know, so you know what they do now? Nothing. Nothing. Because they don't have a now reality of what they're supposed to be doing right now. They don't have a now reality as to what they should be doing now and what is available to them in the spirit right now. So they're always living in the future. But you see, I'm not at, I'm not at war with my past now. I'm not at war with my present. And I'm not at war with my future. Had, come on, somebody. I'm at peace. I should be at peace. So I shouldn't be thinking about, whoa, the peace that's going to come. And how God's really going to use me down the road. And live in that dream world all the time. You know what I'm saying? I love people, Christians, they live in a dream world. They don't do anything right now. Okay? Because it's all in the future for them. But God wants you to understand that you need to know a present reality now that's in the spirit now. You can take your peace now. You don't have to wait to the thousand-year kingdom age. You don't have to wait for a time. Well, you know, boy, I see myself. God really going to use me someday. And you're not doing one thing today. Because you're sitting around waiting for the peace that will come. You with me here? We got to shake that stuff off. Yeah, let, let God show you the, the dream and the vision. But in the process of Him showing that dream to you, you got to understand you got to do something with it now. See, if you wait around for that day to come, when these problems are all gone out of your life, then peace will be there. It's never going to happen for you. 
You, you live in a fog somewhere. You live in a dream world somewhere. God telling you to get over here now. What? You don't have to wait. It's here right now. You don't have to be scattered like the sheep on the mountains of Israel that, I was, that Ezekiel 34 talks about. You don't have to be scattered anymore. Right now. I'll tell you what we need to do right now. We need to get busy now. Uh, do you realize that your future depends on your present? Do you understand that you'll never be stronger than you are right now? Some people say, boy, when I get strong and I get full of peace and all my problems are gone, then I'm going to, you know, live for God. And then I'm going to do something for God. You never will. Because if you're born again and you've got the Spirit of God in you, you will never be stronger than you are right now. Did you hear what I just said? You will, listen, if you're not doing anything right now, if you're not walking in peace right now, if you're not walking in joy right now, you won't in the future. Because you'll never be stronger than you are right now. You've got to hear me. God may have more of your life as you've learned to yield yourself to Him, but you will never be stronger than you are right now. Okay, what am I saying? So if I've got a dream... Of, uh, and God showed me greatness, showed me a vision of greatness and, and a life of peace and tranquility. Are you with me? Then you know what? I need to live in that now. If my life, if I'm not doing anything right now and I'm just living in a dream in the future, well, what do I do? If I, if I will not be stronger then, than I am right now. And if I don't like where I am right now, that means I better change where I am right now. Because if I don't change where I am right now, nothing's going to change in the future. It's called repentance. Repentance. So right now, if you don't like yourself, and you're at war with yourself, and you're at war with God, and you're at war with everything around you, it's going to be that way five years down the road. Yeah, look at me like that with those sweet little saint-looking sheep eyeballs that you got there. Those sweet, innocent sheep eyeballs. You look at me, I'll tell you the truth, though. That's why right now I've got to take my peace right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you want me to be deep. See, you want me to deep be deep, but you know what? You can't, you can't understand deep if you're not deep. Yeah, come on, pastor. Let's go deep. If you're not deep, you will not understand deepness. If you don't understand peace right now, you will never understand peace in the future. God is trying to tell you the only way to have peace and joy is a relationship with God. Get in the spirit. Start walking with Him. Do something with it right now. Change what you've got to change now. Because your future depends on your present. Come on, church. When the Lord comes... When the Lord comes, according to Ezekiel 34, He comes to get us out of a scattered place. We're scattered emotionally. The church of God all over this world is scattered. 
they're just, they're all, we're all, I'm just going to tell you like it is, we're messed up. The world's messed up. The church is messed up. The nation's messed up. We're messed up individually because we don't understand that peace can only come by a right relationship with God. And it's not something that's in the future only. It's something I've got to have now. Do you understand? For you to understand deep things, you have to be deep right now. Do you understand? Okay. Well, Pastor, why are you always preaching to us like you do? Because evidently, you are a people who can go there. You see, if, if I preach deep, that means there's some depth here. Because deep calls to what? Deep. Deep calls to deep. So if I preach deep, that means there's some depth here. If I preach order or government, that means there must be order in the house. Because order has to be in the house to understand order. Peace has to be in you now in order for you to move in peace into the future. Come on, somebody. So it's not always me trying to, to correct a major problem in the house. It's God saying, you're deep, so I'll give you deep. Deep calls to deep. There's order in the house, so I'll preach more order. Come on. There's peace here, so I'll, I'll preach peace. Hallelujah. Move in it right now. Come on. There's degrees. There's degrees. There's degrees. So don't misinterpret what I'm trying to tell you when I say you will never be stronger. There are different degrees and levels of deepness and order and peace. Do you understand? Why? It's always been there. It's not something that's going to come. It's something that's always been there. You've just learned how to use it. You're learning how to walk in and you're learning what to do when things come up. You say, okay, I'll take my peace. <laughs> I was going down the road the other day with Brother Edmonds, a missionary from Taiwan. And he, I was letting him drive, you know. And he, I, anyway, he's driving down the road. Praise the Lord. He gets all excited. He, you come and hear him tonight. You will be blessed. And he gets all excited about everything. And we're talking about different stuff. And all of a sudden, he veers over into somebody's lane, you know. <laughs> And, and they start honking, beep, beep. And I know they're honking at us. And he veers over again into that lane. And here they go again. They're laying down the horn, man. And I know they're honking at us. But the man does not even. He said, did I hit my horn? He said, no, brother. You're running people off the road. And about that time, you know, these people go driving by us and they give us one of those, you know, signs of love. <laughs> I said, look at them, brother. They're waving at you, man. They love you. They give you the love sign, man. Look at them. He said, I, he said, I know, man. They just love me everywhere. Even in, I'm all the way from Taiwan. They love me all the way over here. I said, yeah. I, I, and I'm telling you the truth. It wasn't five minutes later, somebody else was doing the same thing to us, giving us a I love, I love you sign. I am not kidding you. I said, look, brother. I said, they love you too. Hallelujah. Are you here today? 
Of course, we know what that's really all about, but we didn't let that get in us. You know what I'm saying? He so didn't let that get inside of him that he thinks he's honking the horn. <laughs> you know, if we're not, but see, we have to learn to take our peace because as soon as they drove by us and gave us that I love you sign, we'll say, I give you a I love you sign. You want some of me? Come on, I'm on with you, man. Let's get with it. Let's go. Let's go right now. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? But if you're walking in peace, you think they're just giving you the I love you sign. And when they go by giving you that sign, you just wave at it and say, praise the Lord. Love you too, man. Hallelujah. How's your day? Are you here? That's when peace becomes a commodity. You take it up. It's a present thing. And yes, there's degrees in it. Are you here today? But if you're going to experience the future peace, you've got to have present peace. You got, you got to learn how to walk with peace right now. If you can't walk in peace right now and take up peace right now, come on. If the footman weary you. I said if the footman weary you. If you get weary because of the footman, what are you going to do when the horse begins to ride? When these four horsemen of the apocalypse begin to ride. And this red horse rides to take peace from your earth. What are you going to do right now if you can't walk it? You're not going to keep up with the horse when the horse rides and that red horse rider has a sword to take peace from your earth. You can't learn to walk in peace. You can't run with the horseman. When that horseman comes to take peace from the earth. You understand? If you can't handle the Jordan right now, you know, when it's shallow, and I'm talking about the troubles and circumstances. You can't handle it right now. What are you going to do when it overfloods its banks? So I'm telling you, we have got to learn right now how to walk in peace. Especially in this hour. Because we're moving into great. We are in now times of great pressure. Great tribulation. We need to learn how to dance. Do you understand? You need to understand right now, I'm trying to give you some keys here. You need to learn how to take your peace up right now and learn in the midst. You know what? The tribulation that worketh patience and patience experience and, and hope, all that. All that is is dance lessons with God. Because in Romans 5, what we have is joy dancing with peace. In the midst of all these tribulations and stuff. So if I've got tribulation, that's just a dance lesson from God. The, the Lord says, may I have this dance. Let me show you how to dance in the midst of your problem. Let me show you how to dance. Let me show you how to take up peace in that, that tribulation time. Let me show you to how to think differently when tribulation comes. That actually tribulation is working for you, not against you. Let me give you a dance lesson. When that problem comes, that's nothing but an opportunity. Let's dance. 
joy and peace dancing they're walk if you now pardon this worldly phrase but they are literally waltzing a waltz here in Romans 5 so you got to learn to dance in the midst of pressure you got to learn to dance in the midst of the problem you got to come on I'm going to take a peace where's joy I'm in a right relationship come on joy come on peace let's waltz let's waltz with God he just give me a dance lesson show me how to dance a little better purifying me making me stronger getting the stuff out of me that's supposed to get out of me the stuff that's that's taking my peace away is what he's at war with do you understand so my life my whole life if I if understood correctly in this new age is a life of dance lessons from God this is just another opportunity for you this is going to get some stuff out of you don't need to be in there this stuff that's hindering his appearing in your life got to get rid of that got to get that out of you got to die there got to die there yeah why so his glory will be manifested that character listen the character that you are supposed to be you will be those are the dance lessons of God do you understand see the church doesn't think we're supposed to ever have any problems ever any trouble we think that you know that, that peace is the absence of conflict it's the absence of tribulation but that's not what God says they're just dance lessons come on Anyway, Ezekiel, see, I jump off the page here. Ezekiel 34, those sheep are scattered everywhere. But the Bible says the Lord's going to come. When His presence is there, let me read verse 25. He said, I will make them a covenant of peace. I will make them a covenant of peace. And I will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land, out of their flesh. I'm going to get rid of that beast nature. I'm going to go to war with that. Anything that's taking their peace away. I'm going to send tribulation. And tribulation is going to remove things that hinder my appearing. And I'm going to go to war with that beast that hinders my appearing. When I get through, I'm going to make them a covenant of peace. They're going to walk in a world where warfare is all around them. But they're just going to dance and they're going to waltz with Jesus. I'll make with them a covenant of peace and will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land. Yes, ultimately in the future that will physically take place, but in this spirit it's happening right now. And they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. I will cause a shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessing. And if you read that whole chapter, you see the sheep scattered all over all these hills and mountains and all these false shepherds, etc. But Jesus comes as the shepherd. He says, I'm going to feed my sheep and I'm going to take them up into this high mountain. I'm going to put them in a secure place. I'm going to put them in a safe place. I'm going to make them a covenant of peace. They're not going to be running around afraid anymore. Worried all the time. But walking safe and secure. Resting. Peace in Him. 
Do you understand? That's, where, that's what He wants for us. In fact, that's what He's already provided for us. But we have to take it. Do you understand? Give God some praise. He's an awesome God. Oh, yeah. But it starts out with the right relationship with God. You get that right, then the rest of it will get right. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Let's go back to Romans. No, I said Acts 14. Yeah, I want to. See, I'm just all over here because that's the way the wind's blowing me. <laughs> Watch Acts 14. If you think that when you come in the kingdom of God, you, you have peace, you take peace. It's a commodity. It's a characteristic of the peace of God. You know what peace is? Shalom. In the Hebrew, shalom. Shalom, peace. You know what that means? Wholeness. Or completion. He's taking you to a place of wholeness. To a place of completion. To a place of perfection. Do you understand that? Wholeness. How many of y'all want to be whole? Whole in your mind. Whole in your body. Whole in your spirit. You want your life, the pieces to be put back together. What you need to understand is not the absence of conflict. Acts 14, watch. It's the equipping for conflict. It's the way you deal with the problem. It's the way you deal with the issue. It's the way you deal with the trouble. Is the point. Peace is the equipping or the tool that enables me to deal with it. To handle it properly. To cause it to become productive. Come on. A pruning hook. A pruning hook. Or a plowshear. I, if I will take peace in the, into these tribulations and problems. Then what happens is what God's trying to show you. Is you don't have to stay at war with them all the time. They can become things that produce in your life. If you learn how to handle them properly. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Come on. Take up your peace. Acts 14. Let me go there. 22. Y'all getting tired? I mean, I'm just, this is just an introduction. It's going to take me probably several weeks to get through this. Because this is, the, this is the focus of the Old Testament prophets. That when the kingdom of God comes, He brings peace. Isaiah the prophet talked about Isaiah 2. Isaiah 9 and 6. You with me? Isaiah 9 and 6. He talked about the lamb laying down with the lion. He talked about the children playing with the serpents in this new age of the spirit. He talked about people taking their swords and beating them into plowshares and their spears and their pruning hooks. Using those things by peace to become productive in their life and the kingdom of God. All right? Acts 14, watch, 22. Some people, again, in the American church, they don't think that we should have trouble. You understand? We rebel against trouble. We resist it. We don't want anything to do with it. Tribulation? Oh, not for me. I'm God's precious little one. I don't deserve this. Well, they took your Savior and beat him to a pulp, pulled his beard out of his face, 
nailed his hands and his feet to a cross, lifted him up on that cross, crucified him, dead, buried, risen, and ascended. If you don't, Jesus was perfect. And they crucified him. So if you think because you're a Christian in America that you, are, you should be exempt from trouble, exempt from tribulation, exempt from problems, you don't understand your Bible. Do you understand that the kingdom of God and tribulation are mentioned together most of the time? That when you really operate in the kingdom, you got the peace and the, the joy and the righteousness. But at the same time in the kingdom, the kingdom of God brings tribulation. John, the apostle, was on the Isle of Patmos. What? He was in tribulation. John was. Come on. Jesus. They killed Jesus. They killed John the Baptist. Look at the tribulation. Look at the conflict that comes when the kingdom arrives. If you're walking in the kingdom, you've got the equipment to deal with it. So that it can become productive instead of destructive. But whenever the kingdom of God shows up, not only does the peace and the joy come with it, but the tribulation comes with it. The conflict is there. Do a study sometime. And read how many times the kingdom of God and the word tribulation are put in the same scripture. They're almost side by side. When the kingdom is brought up, tribulation is brought up. That is the way of the kingdom. And Paul comes to new converts, new believers in Acts 14. And this is what he says. Anybody awake? Verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples. Watch this. Exhorting them. Encourage the disciples. Encourage the new believers. To continue in the faith. Why? And that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Well, if they are believers, are they not already in the kingdom? Yes. But I told you Wednesday, we, in, we have entered in and we are entering in at the same time. How? Through much tribulation. We enter into the kingdom. And what is in the kingdom? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. What we are at war with is anything that opposes the Christ of God in us. What we are at war with, anything that opposes His kingdom. Because without a right relationship with Him, there's war there. Do you understand? So don't think that, well, man, that when I talk about the peace of God, I'm talking about the absence of conflict. And I'm talking about the absence of pressure. And the absence of, that's not what the Bible teaches. It tells you side by side these are in operation. The more we walk in kingdom, the kingdom of God, the operation of God, we got the peace, we got the joy. We're learning how to take that up, how to be equipped, how to deal with it. But at the same time, why do you need peace? Because there's war all around you. In that old age, that old age is at war with the Christ of God. With, do you understand? 
So when I'm really walking in the, God, in the kingdom of God, I have more tribulation. The pressure increases. That's, kind of, that's why I can't wait for, you know, that dream world down there. Before I engage. You know, I can't, I can't just sit around for everything to be just perfect before I do anything. Can't wait, you know, the tri- no more tribulation, no pressure. Everything's going great. The overhead projector works right. The, you know, everything, the computer in the back works right. You know, there's no water overflowing back here out of the baptismal tank before baptism this morning. Come on. You know, no, no, no young woman back there crying because she doesn't want to be baptized till family gets here. And I understand that, you know. So I announced baptism and I got to go back there and minister to her. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, if, if I'm waiting for a perfect, tranquil, tranquil situation, it's not real, man. <laughs> it is not real. I would love for it to be that way, you know. But a lot of times, man, I'm scrambling for peace. I said, okay, God, boy, on the inside, I'm jumping up and saying, man, I, I'm about to lose my mind on the inside, but I'm going to take my peace. And I'm going to just act like I'm just, and I'm not just going to act. I'm going I'm, I'm to be that. I'm going to walk in peace right now. I'm just going to take it up. Everybody look at me. They think, man, oh, pastor, he got it under control. You don't see me on the inside. Hallelujah. <laughs> you don't see me on the inside, man. It's just I chose this morning to take peace. And I see him coming my way. And I'm got, you know, I've got a lot going on. I see him coming my way. You know, I just, I, I can't do nothing about it, man. I mean, it, if you can't do it, just go on without it. You know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of times that's what we have to do. Man, we're in the midst of war. We're in tribulation. We're in pressure. We've got all kinds of stuff going on around us. But you know what? I choose to take my peace. That's the equipment I'm going to use. It's going to cause production, not destruction. Lord God, help me today. If you don't know how to walk in this, you will be at war with yourself, at war with the world, at war with wife, at war with husband. Miserable, sitting in the house of God. I tell you what you do. Do something for me and do something for yourself first. No, do something for God first. Do something for yourself second and then do something for the church third. When you come in here tonight, this awesome missionary is going to be here with us tonight. I'm talking about an apostle from China. When you, when you come in here, would you please somehow during the day, in the midst of all your tribulation and conflict, somehow just walk over in a corner of the spirit somewhere and grab some peace. And when you walk back in here, it might be, I mean, you might be in the midst of great problem. But when you walk in here, you chose to take your peace. Because God gave it. I'm going to take it. And I'm walking in here. Come on. Tonight, I'm, I choose to walk in peace. Hallelujah. I, I choose to come in here with, with, with a smile on my face, joy in my heart, peace reigning in my, on my throne, not my trouble, not my problem, not my lack, not my difficulty, not my circumstance. Get off the throne. Come out and sit on my throne, peace. 
So Paul warns these new believers. He said, through much tribulation, you must enter into the kingdom of God. The conflict that's trying to take your peace, that's where the war is. Yes, God's awesome, isn't he? So you come in here tonight, you come in here with peace. You're not a hypocrite. Some, some people think, man, you know, they got all these problems, and you know what I'm saying? And if they come in here and act like they got peace, you don't have to act, you do have. You're not a hypocrite. You come in here, you start running, man, you know, here comes the enemy talking to you. Your flesh talks to you. You say, boy, you can't run because they all know where you are right now. And they, they know the problem, you know, and they know the circumstances. And, and if you run and, and, and uh, you know, you appear to have it all together. And you appear, you know, that you've got peace. Uh, they, they know you're a hypocrite. <laughs> no, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just going contrary to nature. I, 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 am a con- I am a contradiction, and you are a contradiction to this world. Every one of us are here. It's not that you're a hypocrite. It's not what it is. Hallelujah, brother. Run all you want to, man. You know, I have found the people that run and shout and scream and everything are the ones that, that need it. If, if you see me running, are you seeing me dancing? Don't think, boy, pastor, he's got it really together right now. No, no, no. When you see me running, you see me dancing. I'm in the middle of a dance lesson. Excuse me. I'm just... Okay? When you see me run and dance and shout, and just mark it down. It's not because everything's peachy cream in my life. <laughs> Man, I've got to get peace. I've got to leap for joy. I- I'm missing it, and I know I'm missing it. I've got to get it back. I've got to take it up. I've got to kick all that stuff off the throne of my life that is hindering me. And I cannot live in this future dream world. I've got to deal with it now. It's a now reality. If you're waiting for it to be perfect, it's not. Paul tells those new believers, through much tribulation, you enter the kingdom of God. Romans 5, and I'm closing. Romans chapter 5. Because I'm right with God. Because, and if you're not right with God, I want to give you some good news. You can be. Jesus died for you on that cross to take away the sin that is in your life. He died so He could pour out His Spirit in your life. He died so you could walk in peace and joy in the Spirit. But you got to make up your mind. That's, where, that's the life you're going to walk. Come on. God is the only one that can give you peace. I can't. There's nothing in this world that can give you peace or rest. Only God can. What God has promised is tribulation. So if I'm waiting around for that glad day, you know, where there's no tribulation and no trouble, it's not a reality. God gave me peace for the moment. You understand? How many of y'all going to take it up? 
see, we, we don't need you to be, you know, your face to become a sign to the world about all your problems. Oh, I'm in pain. I'm hurting. I've got so many problems, Pastor. Can't you see it on my face? Look on my face. Oh, yeah, we do all the time. Yeah. We know. You, you definitely scream it loud and clear, man. You wear it on your face. Oh, how just how much trouble you have. We know. Hallelujah. You display it well. Man, I don't know if people come in the kingdom of God, they get all pious, you know, all serious. You know, never smile, all stoic, you know, non-emotional. That's God. Yeah, that's God. That's not God. That's at war with God. He, he don't want you walking around displaying your misery to everybody. Oh, look how miserable I am. Let me just see if I can make my face look more, you know. You know what some of y'all need to do? If y'all really want to become an expert at it, why don't you go stand in front of the mirror and just make all the faces at yourself you possibly can. Say, I like that face, boy. That really looks like, that's, that's real misery right there, man. Oh, if I look like that, they're going to know I'm, in, I'm having trouble. They're going to know I got problems. They're going to know, yeah. So, yeah, that's the good, yeah. Boy, you need to do that. Because you've been wearing that same old face so long, we're just sick and tired of that one. Give, give us something new. Give, give us another billboard, man. Take that old thing off that billboard. Put another, another billboard. Put another painting on that billboard, man. I don't want to be disrespectful, irreverent, you know, or unfriendly or unkind. But, you know, sometimes I think God just needs to go out there and just slap us good. <laughs> just, just knock the fire out of us, man. You know, and say, Woo. <laughs> you know, wake you up a little bit, man. It's really not as bad as you portray, honey. If you've got God, that's all you need. There was a woman, she lost everything she had. Woman in church service. I remember testimony service. Woman, she lost everything she had. She stood up and she testified. She said, I've lost everything but God. If you, you can lose everything, but if you got God, that's all you need. So would you go tell your face... That you're saved. <laughs> you don't have to tell us about all the problems and all the trouble. We live in it, honey. We're with you. But we've learned how to take up peace. We've learned how to walk in the realm of the new age. The kingdom of God. I don't add nothing to you or the kingdom of God by being a billboard for the world and for the devil. People see your, see your face. They say, boy, I want what you got. <laughs> Where do you go to church? I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Why y'all looking at me like this? You know I'm telling the truth. You want what I got? Yeah, all right. Yeah, if you, what, I don't want anything what you got, man. 
I'm trying to get delivered from what you got. You understand what I'm trying to show you? It's your equipment. It's there. It's already there in the spirit. The peace of God is not an emotion. Something you choose. Ooh, good stuff, man. We need this real bad. So would you just, would you do, do yourself, God, and the church a favor and kick all that off the throne? All that stuff and, and peace, let peace reign in your heart and life. Come on. I'm, I, I'm working at it, man. I'm working at it. But I got to know what's available to me before I take it. See, but, but now that I'm starting to begin to understand that all I got to do is take it. it, it's, it it's like a commodity. I just have to take it or I can even leave it. I can choose today to walk in peace or I can choose to leave my peace down and, and just be in strife and conflict and unhappy and miserable. Oh, choose it. Hmm. Boy, boy, this is really, mm-hmm. This is really going to help us, isn't it? Let's see here. When we're going to close. Romans 5. Okay. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. You know what he said? You have a royal, the word access means a royal introduction. Grace walks over there, grabs you by the arm, and leads you into the presence of peace. And a royal introduction. What's reigning in your life? Is it peace? Or is your trouble on the throne? Faith. Faith is how you take the peace. And how you put peace on the throne and kick your trouble off the throne. It's a royal introduction. That's what the Greek word access means. It also means the picture is of a ship. And I'm almost done. I promise you I'm not going to keep you long. Other than maybe another hour. That's all. Access. Royal introduction. It also is a picture of a ship in the sea. It's tossed. Storms everywhere. Waves pounding against it. The tri- tribulation, the pressure, hitting that boat, all right? And that person struggling to try to get to shore. Trying to make it through the storm on their own effort. Hopelessly wore out. No rest, no peace, restlessness on the sea of life. And then all of a sudden, this peace that God talks about. This introduction is a picture of not only an, of, of entering into royalty, but it's a picture of that ship out there on that sea coming into the harbor where it's, there's tranquility and there's calm and there's peace. And you pull up to that harbor and that dock and everything is quiet. That's what this is all about. This is the life God is bringing to us and has brought to us. Will you choose to take it up? 
Will you walk in that realm? Pastor, all this is around me. That's right. But you are in a new dimension. You're in the dimension of the Spirit. Choice is yours. It's not mine. It's yours. Okay? Praise the Lord. I have so much more I'd like to share with you, but I'm going to stop. If you come back next week, we'll, we'll try to finish it. Hallelujah. I doubt if we'll finish it. Because next week we're going to talk about why Jesus said, I've come to bring a sword and not peace. Okay? See, in this passage, he brought peace in his kingdom. But then he says, I didn't come to bring peace. I, brought it. I came to bring a sword. It will explain that to you and how that works because it all works together. And it, you know what the ultimate goal is? His peace. He uses his sword to bring his peace. And what? You with me here? Okay. Hallelujah, man. Practically speaking, what do you do now? Pray. Pray. That's, that's a good place to start. Choose. Take the peace up. Yeah, but I got a right. You know. No, you don't. Only Hispanics have rights. No, not really. <laughs> when, when, when Jesus died and you got born again, you lost your rights. And so we like to give ourselves excuses for our attitudes and our lifestyles and our decisions. You have no right, honey. I got to defend my rights. You have no rights. Not in the kingdom of God. Different dimension now. I've got a right to be bitter. I've got a right to be angry. I got a right to deal with that. I got a right. No, you don't have no rights. That's why you don't have any peace. Because you're going around always trying to defend your rights. <laughs> you, you hang with me. You hang with me for a few weeks. The Lord will. And if Jesus don't come back and rapture us out of here. You're going you're gonna to learn a lot. See what I'm saying? What, what, what is the, the war about? Why do people go to war? Defend their rights. That belongs to me. You can't have it. Go to war over it. Always defending their rights. And that's why they have no peace. No peace. Love you. Love you. You look like you have more questions than answers. But that's okay too. Hopefully we can give you the answers you're looking for. But I want to tell you in closing, you will never have peace always trying to, you know, fight for your rights. You won't. Mm -mm. Enter into His rest. Enter into His peace. Do you understand? Choose it. How many of y'all going to choose it? Well, the first thing you got to do is you have to get right with God. You've got to get right with God. If you get right with God, then there won't be war. God won't be at war with your sin. And until you get that right, there will be constant war in your life. Because it starts with the Lord and your relationship with Him.
If you get your relationship right with God, it will affect everything else in your life. Lord Jesus, I just thank you right now for your awesome spirit. I thank you for the truth. I thank you for your word. Thank you for your peace. Lord God, I magnify you. I exalt you.